Okay, so last yesterday, we Be'ezus Hashem came to an, a, one understanding of the steps that were involved in uh, the pre-Shemitah prohibition of plowing, where we said either there was a halacha l'moshe misinai, according to Rabbi Shmuel, or it was a biblical source, according to Rabbi Akiva, that there's a prohibition 30 days in the last 30 days of the year you cannot plow. Came along Hillel and Shammai and extended it to either Pesach or Shavuos. And then came Rabbi Gamliel and, and, and Hillel and Shammai said, and if anybody wants to take away our extension, they can. Rabbi Gamliel took away the extension and we remain with the 30 days before. That was all the first interpretation. Rabbi Yochanan is going to show a different way as to how Rabbi Gamliel's court nullified the pre-Shemitah restriction in a different way. Okay? So this is what Rabbi Yochanan says. Rabbi Gamliel ubeistin mid-oraisa batalahu. As much as we had this problem, how could this happen? Rogamunus Bezdin nullified the pre shemitah restriction based on the biblical source. We asked, how could they do that? You can't nullify a biblical source, which was the last, uh, and they're able, able to nullify even that part which is biblical, which is the 30 days. How is that? We'll see in a minute. They found the support from a verse in the Torah which empowered them to do this. Now, what is this? So now we got to take this uh, carefully. My time, what was the reason? How was Rabbi Gamliel able to find a Torah source that nullifies a source that we already have? It says, Gomar Shabbos Shabbos Mi Shabbos Bereshis. He used one of the 13 Midos Shatorah Nidreshis by him of Shava. It says Shabbos by Shemitah. It says Shabbos by creation. And we're going to learn Xerah Shabbos. Whenever we call Shabbos Bereshis, it doesn't mean the reference to Shabbos in the uh, first seven days of creation. Because it means rather, whenever we talk about the regular Shabbos, it's called the Shabbos of creation. It's different than every other Yontif which they also are called a Shabbos. Yontav is also called Shabbos from a biblical perspective. It's a day of rest. But here, it's Shabbos Bereshis means that it was sanctified by Hashem right at the beginning of time as Hashem blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So first of all, that's what it means. Whenever it says Shabbos Bereshis in the Talmud, it's just talking about regular Shabbos as opposed to Yontav. Fine. So now, when we look in Sefer Shmos, let's go back to this passage. We have two different psukim over here. It says, Sheishes yomim yesam alacha, six days your work shall be done. Uviyom hashvi on the seventh day, Shabbos Shabboson, Kodesh Hashem. It's the Shabbos of Shabbos, is holy to Hashem. Kol ha'osam alacha, biyom hashabbos. Most you must. Anyone who does malacha on the day of Shabbos, he shall die. So now, 
one of these Shabbos is, is extra. We could say it's the last one because let's think about it. It says six days you will work on the seventh day, it's a rest. So what could you have said in the rest of the Pasuk? Kalaosa Melacha, whoever does work, most you must. What would be Yom HaShabbos? Well, of course, it's, it's talking about on the seventh day you will rest. You're not going to get killed. If Hashem says you shall work on the six days, it says six days you will work. On the seventh day you don't work. So they just say anyone who does work will die. Or be Yomo. Why do you say be Yomo Shabbos? Don't we know we're talking about Shabbos? So that's where the word Shabbos is extra that opens us up to make a comparison to another time when it says Shabbos. And what was that other time? That is in Sefer Vayikra, where it says, Ubashana Hashvis, in the seventh year, Shabbos, Shabboson, Yellow Aretz, it will be a day of rest for the land. Shabbos Lashem. Shabbos. Why say Shabbos again? Just say, Shabbos, Shabbosom, Yellow Aretz, Lashem. It already says it's a Shabbos. Sod Kalosis or Karma Kalosis more. Okay. So this is Shemitah. So you have Shabbos, you have Shemitah. What do you have extra by each one of them? The word Shabbos. Ah, so that gives you license to make a Gzeira Shava and to make us a, a comparison. And what's the comparison? Malahalam. Let's look at Shabbos. What's the laws of Shabbos? He Asura. The seventh day is Asur. From when? From Friday night sunset till Shabbos late night stars come out what about before shabbos are you prohibited to do any work from which you'll benefit on the shabbos no lefanea before shabbos ulacharea and after shabbos mutar you'll have to do whatever you want the restriction is only on that shabbos day ah so if that's what's by regular shabbos so what should be the law by shemitah ah Afkan here to by Shemitah, he Asura, here to the Shemitah year is what's Asur. What's before it and what's afterward should be allowed. Jerungam Leo based what he did on Xerah Shava, which empowered him to nullify even the biblical 30 days before, which we already said was Asur. So now, now either it was Allah Sinai, or it was learned out from a Pasuk, as we said yesterday. So now the Gemara asks the obvious question. What's the obvious question? Listen, if you have a tradition from Moshe Sinai, or you have an explicit Pasuk from the Torah that says you can't do it for 30 days, Xer Shava is nice. Xer Shava is a nice rabbinic, permunic drusha. But since when can that uproot something that is clearly biblically? So Maskevlo Ravashi. So Ravashi says, so man da umr According to one that says that for 30 days it was usur because of the lachla moshami sinai, us shava akre ilchasa. Can shava, as wonderful as it is, can it uproot a pre existing halachla moshami sinai? And the other way as well. Umanda Amar Kra, and one who says it's derived from a Pasuk, the extra three days. Ashik Zereshava Akra Kra. Will Xereshava uproot a Pasuk? 
Because Xer Shava is valid only if received from one's teacher. Who? Because what is Xer Shava? You can't make it up yourself. There has to be a tradition that goes how far back? To Moshe the Sinai. So it's kind of impossible to say that Rem Gamliel got an original one that came from Sinai. But God wouldn't contradict himself at Sinai. And now Rabbi Gamliel is going to make his own Xerishava. It obviously was not received at Sinai. It can't overturn Allah Lamosh Sinai or a scriptural source. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice drasha. But obviously, the pre-biblical prohibition, God could have thought of that drasha, and he decided not on that. So therefore, that is out. So what are you going to do? Ah, we're going to say like this. This is what he means to say. Shravashi therefore advances a different explanation. He agrees that Rabbi Yoch, uh, with Rabbi Yochanan, on the one hand, the Ramgliel did nullify the biblical prohibition of working on it before Shemitah, but not through Xerishava, but on different legal grounds. And what is that? Well, we have a number of Allah Lamoshmi Sinai's, right? So uh, how about the festival of the water drawing. That was Halakha Lamosh Sinai. Biblical. Oral tradition, biblical. Do we do it now? No. no. Oh, why not? It's a biblical commandment. Oh, we don't have a base amigdash. Ah, so some biblical commandments depend on having a base amigdash, eh? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Gamliel based in Sabri law Karabi Shmal. So Rabbi Gamliel at his best then held like Rabbi Shmuel, Damra Hilchas Gemiri was Halacha Lamoshmi Sinai, but now if it's Halacha Lamoshmi Sinai, that leaves that it's not um, such an open and shut case. Which means, and what was the exact Halacha Lamoshmi Sinai? We could say Vechigmiri Hilchasa when it was a Halacha Lamoshmi Sinai. That we keep the Shemitah even 30 days beforehand. When the temple stands. A lot of things depend on the temple standing. So the Halach Lamosh Sinai was only when the temple stood. Dumya, hold on, let me finish. You can ask all the questions you want in about two minutes. Dumya Denisha Hamayim, just like the water libation ceremony. Remember, it's we were told yesterday. There were three things, remember, we said in one shot, since the laws of the ten saplings and the Arava service and the water libation, right? we said it in one slew, because the rabbi before said these three things, there's others, but these three things, they're assumed to be alike. Why would he say these three things? I mean, there's hundreds of but he picked these three to show they're similarly just as the law of the water libation is obviously applicable only when the temple is standing, so to the law of the ten saplings applies at that time only. Okay, really the Gemara could also have said that the law of the ten saplings is like the law of the Rava service, which is also applies only when the ten saplings, uh, the temple stands. Or because the law of Arava is practiced today by rabbinic decree, Gamora wants to use the water libations, which don't even do according to rabbinic decree. But anyway, you see there are halakhla moshimi sinais that only apply when there's a temple that's standing. But if the is not standing, no, no, it is not received. 
So Rabbi Gamliel was not really uprooting a biblical law. He agrees that the biblical law, that 30 days before Rosh Hashanah were forbidden to plow. But he says the law now lapsed with the destruction of the temple. Therefore, he says plowing is permitted in all types of fields up until Rosh Hashanah. So it came out like this. We had 30 days in the times of the temple. Beisel and Beishamai, for whatever reason, they extended it till Pesach and Shavuos. And Rav Gamliel said, forget about Beisel and forget about everything. We now say when there's no temple, we don't do this. So according to this explanation of Rashi, it's no longer necessary to say that Beisel and stipulated regarding their extension of the of Pesach and Shavuos that Rav Kabai wanted to nullify it. Rather, they had ensued their own extension as a safeguard for the biblical prohibition. But once the temple was destroyed, and if there is no biblical prohibition, the populace continued to observe the pre-shmita restrictions, both biblical and rabbinic, believing they were still in force. Rabbi Gamliel in his court said, no, that the whole 30 days to begin with has lapsed now that the base of Megish is destroyed. And therefore, whatever Basil and Beishamai insu was only to preserve the biblical law. But if it doesn't apply anymore, so then that collapses as well. Okay, so now let's summarize, and then we'll happily take all questions. There's three Amorak opinions given by the Gemara. According to Shem ben Gamliel, Bampazi, Gamliel and his court nullified only the additional periods of Beishamai and Basilo but not the biblical periods. That was what we learned yesterday, that uh, there was 30 days biblical, Hillel Shammai added, and Rabbi Gamliel knew that Hillel Shammai only did it as long as you wanted to do it, and they took that off. According to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Gamliel and his court nullified even the biblical prohibition, even for the time when the temple was standing, but the Gemara rejected that, which you already learned this morning. According to Rabbi Ashi, both the biblical prohibition and the one added by Hillel Shammai Applied only when the temple stood and not today. When the temple's rebuilt, they'll apply once again. And this is accepted by the Rishonim as authoritative. And therefore we paskin that nowadays you may work the land up till Rosh Hashanah and right after Rosh Hashanah. That is what we have. And that is the conclusion of the Gemara. Yes, whoever wants to go first. So what's the general rule? It is no general rule, but go ahead. What's the general rule, uh, rule of thumb, as to which biblical uh, uh, rules do not apply because the temple is not standing? There is no general rule. You have to see what Chazal were Kovea, what the rabbis instituted. Right? And some things depend on the base of Migdash, some things depend on more Jews being there than than Chosaret. There is no... uh, you know, maybe there's an overall rule, but we'd have to think about it. Talmud doesn't state a general rule. It says these things yes, these things no. These things we do, you know, when the base image will come back. But certainly, I would imagine that part of it is when you have a base amigdash, you have a real great uh, reminder there's a God in this world. Remember, the base amigdash, there were miracles that went out of there. You, you were infused. When, when you came to Esmish, you were filled with so much spirituality, you can go back out and do mitzvahs that are very hard. Okay? Now imagine, 
This is uh, during Ramgamliel's time. Roman oppression is incredibly terrible. Imagine you're a Jew living in Eretz Yisrael, the few that are in Eretz Yisrael, and now you're ready trying to keep Shemitah, and now we're going to make you keep it uh, 30 days before as well. So could be when there's a Beis Amidash, you know, there's a spiritual level that we can hope that people would get to. But uh, here, you're not. That, that could be uh, a, 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 an idea maybe why they did that, but I can't give you a general rule. Yeah? There's a difference between preserving and practicing. So, preserving the law is still valid because Shammai and, and Hillel said, let's preserve. Why suddenly we decide, no, we cannot practice because the temple is destroyed. But preserving it, why should... should okay, again, the, if, if we're starting off by saying the biblical law is 30 days before. Right. Okay. Now, the uh, the assumption is, the assumption was that that's going to be forever, the biblical law. Basil Beishamay said, okay, we'd like to preserve this biblical law and start it even earlier. Okay, now, Gamliel said, you know what? The way I understand the halacha Moshe Sinai of the three days was only when the temple stood. Now there's no temple, therefore, I'm saying that the biblical law doesn't exist anymore. But you can't preserve something that doesn't exist. When, when, for example, Shabbos exists. Shabbos never been nullified as far as I know. <laughs> right? So now, we can preserve the Shabbos with certain rabbinic prohibitions. Right? Yeah. Same idea. You preserve right. certain things we don't do. Muktzah. Muktzah. There's nothing wrong with moksa per se. There's nothing biblical wrong. You could touch a hammer all day long. Rabbis say, don't, because we want to preserve the integrity of Shabbos. Now, Shabbos is something that's always going to be there. It's never going to leave. However, let's give an example. Let's say you have to be Machal Shabbos for a reason you're allowed to. Sickness, whatever. So now, for that temporary moment, in this temporary position, you don't have to keep Shabbos, right? Now, do you have to keep any rabbinic prohibitions to preserve the Shabbos if you don't have to keep the Shabbos right now? If I have to do something, if I have to use some muksa now in order to save the person's life, are we going to worry about preserving? No, because in this particular issue, you don't keep Shabbos. There's a person who's sick. Anything that has to do with the sick person, they can't watch a television. But uh, anything to save the person in this narrow bed, the biblical obligation is gone. Would you not agree? Yes. So now what if I have to transgress a rabbinical preservation of it to save the person's life? Would that also not for sure be gone? Yes. So that's the same idea over here. We're saying by Shemitah, if there's no base amigdash, the biblical provision is gone, so there's nothing to preserve. You follow? There's nothing to preserve. Once it's gone, we don't preserve anything. So why Hillel and uh, Oh, oh, very good question. So, but Hillel and Shammai were during what time? During the second base on English. So, of course, the biblical uh, prohibition was still there. Right. And therefore, they would preserve it. Well, they were doing it. They were practicing it. 
Yes, but by but they were preserving the biblical law that was in force too. There was a temple. There was a temple in Hillel and Shammai's time. So therefore they said, the Torah says 30 days. We want to preserve and save them more than 30 days. Good. Yes, that's fine. Nothing, no one would argue with that. Rabbi Gamliel came after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. So now that the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed, he's saying, guess what? The halach l'moshvi Sinai of adding 30 days was only when we had a Beis Hamikdash. So now if we don't have a Beis Hamikdash, the whole 30 days is gone. And certainly what Hillel and Shammai said, they wouldn't say it when the mitzvah doesn't apply anymore. And therefore that falls off. Depends on the time you lived in. When you had a Beis Hamikdash, everybody agreed the halach l'moshvi Sinai was. You stopped 30 days before, no question about it. Came Hill Shaman, they were preserving it even more to keep it longer. But now the base of Mishnah is destroyed for a while. So Rabbi Gamliel, you don't even have to say that Beis Silva Shaman made a condition that somebody could abrogate it later. Forget about that. If the biblical mitzvah falls, then the rabbinic mitzvah falls as well. And therefore there's no question anymore. So why keep the Shemitah on Israel? Ah, oh, that's wow. another issue. That's now you're going to another question. What about keeping Shemitah in Israel? No that depends on something else, not the base of English. But Taka, it is now that's a big machlokas. Most poskim say today it's only rabbinic. So why are we doing it? We're doing it so we won't forget that there is a law. So it's no, it's not right? the same thing at all. It's not the same thing at all. Being machmer an extra 30 days, that's on top of the mitzvah Shemitah. But to abrogate the mitzvah Shemitah completely, so Taka, biblically, there's no mitzvah for different reasons. Biblically, there's no mitzvah. But the rabbi said, if we're not going to do anything about Shemitah, business as usual, for the last 2,000 years, when Mashiach comes, nobody's even going to hurt. I never heard of Shemitah. Therefore, rabbinically, they have to keep Shemitah. But we don't have to rabbinically add on even more to what the Halacha Moshe Sinai was. We're not going to be extreme. The Halacha Moshe Sinai was, when we have a temple, okay, we keep Shemitah, we keep 30 days before, fine. When there's no Beis Hamikdash anymore, we're certainly not going to add 30 days, as Ram Gamliel said, and for other reasons, and Shemitah itself doesn't exist anymore, and if it doesn't exist anymore, so but rabbinically, how far the rabbi is going to go now? Rabbi's going to say, well, you know, at biblically, you don't have to keep Shemitah. We're going to make you let your field lay fallow for a whole year. And guess what? On top of that, we're even going to throw it another 30 days. That's already quite a lot. So that's what they're feeling. That would be too much. But that's getting way beyond our topic here. Okay, any more questions? Shemitah. Well, go ahead. So going back, when we tied um, the, the three Shemitah, and the saplings, and the Simchas Beis Right. So the third one, the Simchas Beis is obvious you can't do it over time. You can't. You can't do the bar elevations without And So it's a stretch to tie Shmita into that. Yeah, but why would he say those three together? I don't know. That's why he's telling you. But then... So your question is, why... Okay. Why can you join them together? Just because he said them? Well, so, first of all, why would he? There's like dozens of Allah Lamosh Misinais, right? 
this Tad, this Amora felt these are the three I'd like to say are together. Now, why did he pick these three? Well, not, uh, but Avi, he's a smart guy. He's not going to just randomly pick three. Remember, there's like dozens. He could have picked any three. Why did he pick those three? Because he wanted to accentuate the point that those three depend on the base Now you're asking a question. Why should the ten saplings apply when there's no base, not apply when there's no base It's a fair question. But that's clearly what he is saying. So now we have to understand why he's saying that. That that's where the problem is. The problem isn't in what he said. We may not understand, but we certainly know what he meant. Clearly, if you have dozens of alakal emotionally sinais to say, and you and you want to pick three, you could pick any three. Why was it those three he chose? He thought he chose two that clearly are uh, dependent on the base of Megas because you know the Arova cere- well, the Arova ceremony also is but obviously can only be biblically when there's a base on Megdash. So he, he's saying just like one is only when there's the base on English. These two also only when there's the base of English. Now you want to know why? Okay, now it's our job is to speculate. Our job, our, our job is to speculate. But from the three, we keep one. What? From the three, we still keep one, the Shemitah. And we don't, we can't The extra 30 days, remember. The Lachal Emotionally Sinai is only on the extra 30 days. How can you have to take that 30 days if the Shemitah is not, not no longer because the temple is not standing? Okay, so what? But there was a certain time that the, the Shemitah does not depend on the temple standing. It depends on how, depends on Yovel, how many Jews are in the land. It doesn't depend on the temple. It's two separate laws. Oh, the 30 days, according to the way the Gomorrah's understanding is because only when the temple is up do we keep the extra 30 you can't days. Can't the temple from the 30 days from the Shemitah has to work together. No. You can't no. the 30 days. No, you could say this part doesn't exist, the other part does exist. Why not? Because if, if if you want to say it goes together, then why didn't the Torah write it right in the Torah? So according to one opinion, it is written in the Torah. And therefore, we have no negotiating room. It's only going according. We can only say this answer if you hold it's a halacha l'moshe misina. Then you got like two separate things. You got the biblical pasuk, halacha l'moshe. Biblical pasuk, you can't drag. Pasuk says it clearly. You can't use it during the shmit. You can't plow the shmit a year. You can't drag that, right? But in terms of if there's a basic mixture or not, uh, you can drag it in other ways. When you're on the land and other things, because the pasuk says when you're on the land. If you're not on the land, then the, then the shemitah can go off biblically. But if now you're saying the thirty days, the thirty is a separate thing. That's nowhere in the Torah. Does it say thirty days? It's halach Sinai, There's an extra thirty days. And if you're going to say that only applies when there's a temple, that can be the halach Sinai. That can be the halach Sinai. And that's what that rav is saying. So we're just saying, well, why would you understand that? Well, maybe that was his tradition. That's why he picked those three. Remember, not all halachal moshvisinas have to make sense, right? It's a lot of halachal moshvisinas. The fact this rabbi put these three together, and one of them clearly can only be when there's a base on Megdash. So he's telling you that the other two also depend on the base on Megdash. So we may ask why. Okay, we can ask why. But so halachal moshvisinai. You don't, you don't bother trying to understand why anymore. It's a lachla moshe So that is where you come to the dead end. 
Now, you want to conceptualize why that you have room to conceptualize. So, like I said, it could be, you know, to add on another 30 days, you know, it would be way too hard without a base of English. And remember, a lot of all this is all based on Kabbalah that we don't even have any understanding. So we have to accept that that's, that's, what, it, that's what the interpretation is. I can't do any more for no, you. Good. I, I want to. I want to make it better, but I can't. That's as good as I can make it. The following has to do with, you know, like thirty days or whatever you want to extend. It has to do with the field. Nothing to do with the beta English, whether it's there or not. You can't deny the two two separate things. Well, we tie them together. We accept it. That's like well. It. Let's put it this way. The the base Hamidash and Aaron Sisral are very much connected. Would you not agree? Yes. Yeah, but Beis represents miraculous reality. That's my submission. And therefore, miraculous reality affects the land. It does affect the land. And therefore, okay, we'd have to we'd have to look further into more mystical to more mystical orientations, which I just don't know. It's 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 a good question. I just can't give you an answer. Okay, now let's just start. We got another four minutes. You had a question, Steve? Is there a safer that someone put together all a collection of them? That's an interesting question. Is there a safer where someone collected all the Allahu Mosinais? That's a a good a good question. And I'm sure there is, but I'm not aware of it. I don't know if it makes any difference. That could be your safer. All you gotta do is all you gotta do is be in the Daf Yomi cycle. Whenever they say Allah Mosin, I put it down, put it on your list. I'm sure there is a safer out there. In Eretz Yisrael, there's a safer on everything. And I'm sure Rav Kanievsky probably told somebody, you know what, for a school I'll do a safer on Allah Mosin. I I don't know. Okay, the next thing we're gonna discuss is Back, now we go back to our mission. Although we veered off for about two pages, Shemitah, that had nothing to do with our main topic, which is Chol and watering your fields on Chol If you recall, we gave two important rules. You only can water to avoid a loss and not to create a profit. And the second point is, even to avoid a loss, it shouldn't be too strenuous for you. Those are the rules we concluded with. So now when the Mishnah continued and said, And therefore you cannot water on Cholamoid, even a field that you are allowed to water, not from a pool of rainwater, nor from a pool of a well. The understanding is because that's extra effort. To which the Gemara now asks a question. I can understand the water of a well. That should be forbidden. It makes a lot of sense. Because there's excessive exertion. The well is deep. So you got to draw the pail. Now that's a lot of exertion. I understand that. But a pool of rainwater. Imagine a pool. A pool of How deep is a pool of rainwater? How deep? Is it as deep as a well? No, it's not. So therefore, my what is the extra exertion over there? Remember, rainwater refers to a pool filled with rainwater adjacent to a field. Since watering from such a pool does not require the exertion of having to draw from it with a pail, for one simply guides the water by tracing a path in the ground with his foot. 
from the pill pool. How much work is that? So why is that not allowed? That's not a lot of work. Can you think of an answer? Well, there's going to be two answers. One is the classic answer. I'm Rabbi Loi, I'm Rabbi Yochan. Rabbi Loi is the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Gzeira make shamim atomekim. It's a rabbinic prohibition. We do a precaution on account of water the well. In other words, you're right. Watering from a pool is allowed. There's no problem. But once we allow people to water from the pool, they're going to think they can water from a well. And therefore, they're going to make that mistake. And I guess because it's similar in certain ways. Maybe you're watering with a bucket. In other words, so a person sees, oh, you see, he used a bucket and he got the water from there. I guess I could always. No, but if you use the water from a pool, then it's work. So it can't be the same. It, no, it's not It's not as much work. If I just take a, a pail right here, scoop it up, pour it, as opposed to cranking it 30 feet, that's the hard part. What's the hard part of getting the bucket from the well? Pulling it up. Archibald said you just move it with your foot and make a channel so the water flows into your feet. Right. Okay. But they made the decree. Anyway, they made a decree. If you do one, people will mistake it for the other. Okay, that was one answer. Ravashi, Omer, Ravashi says, no, 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 no. I got a better answer. A rainwater itself will eventually be like a well. Why? No, no, the water goes down. If you keep watering the Take water from the pool, what's going to happen eventually? You hit a low level where the water. If the pool is? No, but they're usually not. They're usually deep. It's really deep. It's like a well. Oh, that's the answer. No, if it's deep, you can first you can first still do it with your foot. That'll help for the top layer. But then, when you've exhausted all that and it hasn't rained anymore, right. now you got to resort to a pail. Yeah. So then already it's going to be a problem. So those are the two answers. Now we're going to see that this second answer is going to be getting involved in a machlokas, and that's where we'll stop it for today. Excellent.